Hey, what's up, everybody? It is July 16th, and it has been a while since the last time I did a solo podcast. Well, it's been actually a month, a little over a month. And if if you've been listening, uh, you may have noticed that I had two guests. I had uh, my good friend, Daniel Holland, who was a brother in the same community that I was in for a few years. And he was talking a bit about um, manipulation in recruiting new vocations or new members. And we spoke about a few other things. And then I had another guest, uh, a good friend of mine here in San Antonio by the name of uh, Claudia Moreno. And we talked about um, trauma as well as um, being able to love your genuine self, especially after being in in a traumatic environment. And we spoke about a few other things. Um, but now after a month of, of not doing a solo podcast, uh, I'm back here and I wanted to give you guys an update. Because uh, I I recently left my job at Amazon, and I left it because I had um, I had goals and ambitions that I wanted to tackle, and and so I I made the decision that it was time for me to go to do these these new adventures, these these new things in my life, these projects that I've been wanting to do. So I go to LA and take care of some business over there. And then like less than a week after I came back from LA, I got hit by COVID and I was I was out. I was really in bad shape. And it sucked because, you know, I just quit my job and here I am ready to to tackle these new projects. And one of those new projects was I'm going to hit the gym every day and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to have a nice healthy lifestyle and then boom covid hit me so i haven't i haven't gone to the gym uh i'm i'm covid free but i still feel a little weak i'm not sure what's up with that but um yeah so what i'm doing on the side is i'm doing uh uber eats but let me tell you i don't know how the weather is in your part of the world but here in san antonio it's like 108 degrees. So I'm waiting in my car to get a hit, you know, to get a, a request to do an Uber ride. And as I'm waiting, I haven't even started my shift. I'm, I'm just in my car waiting, chillaxing. And then I feel like these, these uh, drips of sweat just rolling down my cheek. And I'm like, damn, I, I'm, I'm just starting... And it's already like 108, 109 degrees. So what happens? I end up turning off my <laughs> my Uber app and I go to a restaurant and then I start eating. And then I feel guilty because my goal is, you know, to lose weight and then to make money. And then what happens? I, I haven't lost weight. I haven't done any exercise. I haven't gotten any money because I canceled my Uber trips. And then here I am, you know, eating Chinese food, Indian food. I'm eating some good, <laughs> some good food because, you know, when you're doing Uber, Uber Eats especially, you want to park in locations where it's near restaurants. So I'm always near nice restaurants. So if I get any uh, visitors who come to San Antonio and you want to know some nice restaurants, 
um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the good spots. So that's, I just, I just wanted to give you all a quick update, but I also wanted to share that sometimes while doing the Uber, I don't get any requests. Like I was saying, I'm in there waiting and nothing is really popping. Or sometimes I'll get a request uh, to drive 14 miles to pick up uh, someone's food and to deliver it to them. And the total amount of money that it looks like I'm going to get is two bucks. So, <laughs> so I cancel those requests, but sometimes I get, I get some good offers, some decent offers. But what happens during that, that slow time when I'm waiting is my mind is going or I'll do some reading and I'll sometimes think what it is that I want to talk about and I'll, I'll put down my notes on how I want to do my next podcast and that's how I'm learning how to be a podcaster. I'm not no legendary uh, master when it comes to these skills. I am still in the boat of learning. But let me tell you, if you put in the hard work, you're going to see some results. And I'm not seeing the best results, but I think I'm seeing the results that I have worked for. And I'm I'm very happy for all the supporters who really encouraged me not to give up. So to all those supporters, thank you very much. And thank you for all those people who uh, wish me happy birthday. Uh, yesterday was my birthday. I know, I know I'm, a, I'm an old man, you know, 35. <laughs> some, some girl, actually, a, a young woman, uh, when I told her my age, she told me that I'm like a silver fox. So I I don't know if that's a compliment or if I should feel I should feel <laughs> like it's uh I don't know like offensive but oh well I'll I'll still smile. So now to uh get serious and to get into the podcast uh in this episode I wanted to talk about how religious people at times justify abusive behavior. And perhaps not all of the listeners are Catholic because in the, the group, the, the group community slash cult, congregation, whatever you want to call it, the one that I was in was uh, from a uh, Catholic uh, background and it really, it really went very cultish. Um, so I'm not going to... Uh, be giving answers for every religion. I'm not going to explain how every religion or cult, how they justify. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my experiences and what it is that I saw in my cult and how it was that they justified the abuses as a holy thing. And it might not be what you have seen in your cults or in your abusive environments, abusive behaviors, but still I would like to share so that perhaps others can listen and maybe they'll learn something or maybe they'll uh, they'll open their mind a little more. And uh, there are two things that I, I wanted to discuss regarding how it gets justified and how abuse gets permitted in a religious 
slash cult setting. The first way that some of these cult-like members will justify abuse is by gaslighting. So I'll give an example because on Facebook, I've been really speaking out of the abuses that happened during my time in the community, you know, beatings and other humiliations and really, really bad things. And I've been receiving comments by Father Being Loyalist um, saying that what I was receiving wasn't actually a beating. It was actually discipline because according to these people who are trying to gaslight me, uh, they're saying that obviously I must be a deceiver because I'm going against Father Bing and this movement. And I must have deserved that punishment because I am such an undisciplined child. And I comment back that there is a difference between discipline. There is a difference between that and abuse. And no matter how how hard I try talking to them, you know, I, it's such a waste of time. But I'm still going to speak. Well, as I'm like talking to them and saying like, look, I didn't do anything. All I did was just stand there and you know during my 11 years sometimes you get the you know you get beaten or you get some kind of uh punishment for no real reason and they're saying well that's your that's your discipline you need to be disciplined and since you're speaking out it shows that you're a deceiver and you're so undisciplined so you're being like a child and they're trying to make me feel like, oh, yeah, I am responsible for the abuse that's happening to me. So it, it's okay. I should give them a green light. Because when I was there, I did give them a green light. And I would ask myself many times, why am I being treated this way? Or I'd be asking to myself, why are these members being treated so horribly? They haven't really done anything wrong. But then I would think... Well, you know, they're saying, the, the superiors are saying that they they deserved it. I don't know what they did. Well, the truth is they didn't deserve it. And it's called abuse. And it needs to be recognized. So a little advice. And, and before I give advice, I'm not no expert. But I'm just sharing from experience. If someone is trying to gaslight you, especially when it comes to abuse, please, be assertive and don't let them control the narrative. If you know that it has been abuse, then you stand up and you speak, you speak up about what happened. Because as they continue to, to control the narrative that, oh, it's not abuse. No, it was just, you know, you're getting some kind of discipline. It's like, it's like a military. We're trying to make the best soldier out of you. They make it sound so innocent, and then they say, oh, you got you to gotta read the life of the saints because they really went through a hard time. And, you know, Ryan, they really care about you, brother. I'm so sorry that uh, you're, you're being such a deceiver. And, and someone, someone wrote, um, your will did not prevail against Father Bing. 
And I'm like, dude, like, where where is this coming from? All I'm just doing is I'm putting out the facts about what happened to me. And what what it is that they do is that they love to blame the victim, make it look like they're responsible for the abuses that happened. And sadly, I had been... Uh, I had been duped into thinking, oh yeah, I I did deserve it. When in fact, there isn't, there is never, there should never be abuse in a community. And if there is abuse, it needs to come to light. Uh, these communities need to be transparent, but beware because they're going to fight back and they're going to try their best to gaslight you. But as I said, please stand firm and don't let them uh, control the narrative. Hold on to your truth. If you know that you have been abused, hold on and don't let them bully you anymore. But keep, keep on speaking the truth because it's only with with the truth that corrections can be made it's only with the truth that those bad things that happened in the past can hopefully not be repeated in the future because that is my biggest fear that if i remain quiet that this cult is going to recruit new members and they're going to torment these young men and women, and then it's going to create a cycle. So I would hate for that to happen. So that's, that's it for, for the first way that I, the first method that I see religious uh, justifying the abuse. The second way that I saw abuse being justified in my community was superiors some of them not all of them but some of them would have this mentality that it was their right to be harsh and to be mean so for this part i'm going to read uh, a section from the constitution of of the oath um and hopefully you know side note hopefully the oath today have made the necessary corrections but uh, this constitution, this was from the time uh, <laughs> during the dark days. So let me read a section here from Article 29 of the Oath Constitution. And this article is meritorious obedience. So it says here, the victim's soul will rejoice when the manner the superior gives the command is even harsh, humiliating, or uncharitable. So I want to dig a little deeper into my memory and share uh, a, a small experience. But it really, it really, I feel it, it changed my way of thinking a bit because I remember um there was this this one superior that i had who was always 
he was always a jerk. He was always mean and finding ways to humiliate. And he would humiliate me, like just for you know the way I write in my journal, the way I pray for for stupid things. And someone asked him, "Hey, brother, why are you so harsh to to the other members?" And he said, "You know, as as superior, it is my duty." to be harsh because it, it even says in the constitution. So when I'm, when I'm harsh, I'm giving them the chance to practice meritorious obedience. So I'm giving them a chance to be holy. And when I heard that I was a little bit confused, but then, but then when I heard his thinking, his way of thinking, I started to rationalize and accepting it and saying, wow, okay, then if that's his intention to make us holy, then I guess it's fine. It's a purity of intention and, and it's okay. And sometimes, you know, we have to slap each other around or sometimes, you know, they unjustly accuse us of things and then we have to take some punishments. But hey, uh, the intention of the superior is to make us holy. So I'm just going to take it because this is God's will for me. So I'm just going to be quiet and just allow for it to happen. So that was my way of thinking for like a good 10 years until I spoke with this religious sister from another community and she had just completed 70 years of being a nun. So I'm there talking to this religious sister who's who had been at that time uh, just completing uh, over 70 years and we're having this great discussion this amazing Italian nun, full of energy, even though she was in her 90s. And before I leave, she goes, I just wanted to give you a quick word of advice uh, because perhaps one day you'll be a superior or a priest or uh, something else in life where you're in a position of responsibility. And, you know, in my years of being a sister, there are times when I have seen sisters who have become superiors, and once they become superiors, they are so harsh on the members. They correct every little thing. They see everything that is wrong with them, and they are so harsh in the way that they treat them. And I've even asked a couple of those sisters, of those superiors, hey, why are you being so harsh to the members under your care? Why are you being so, so mean? And why are you humiliating them so much? And you know what they would tell me, Brother Joseph? They would say, as superior, it is my duty to make sure that the pride in them is taken out. It's my duty to make sure that they are humble. It is my duty to make sure that they are doing everything right. And then she went on and she said that she told these, these certain people, you're mistaken. Your responsibility, whether you are a superior or not, 
is to be a good Christian. Not to humiliate, not to degrade, not to belittle those who are under your care. First thing is, whether you're superior or not, your duty is to follow Christ. To do things the Christ-like way. If you think that that person is being proud or that person has some imperfections, that's God's duty to work on them. That's God's business. Your business is to follow Christ and to do things the right way. There's no need to be harsh. There's no need to be humiliating the members, to belittle them. There is no need to be abusive. So, Brother Joseph, I just wanted to give you those words of advice. And <clears throat> when she said those things, it was like a nuclear explosion in my mind and in my heart because for so long I had the thinking that it's okay for superiors to be harsh and humiliating because it says in our constitution that it's meritorious. And like that superior said all those years ago, it's my job to, to give them something to offer up. So when this sister was, was telling me that my, my job was to always do things the Christ-like way, or for those who aren't Christian, you know, to do things the right way, to be a good person. I was just, I was just taken back. I just like, I was shocked because that was my first encounter with love, a loving superior. She wasn't even my superior or anything, but I felt that, wow, there is, there's something different. There's, the the message she was sharing with me was something that I had never heard under the leadership of Father Bain. And it shook me to my core because I had never heard about kindness. I mean, they would they would say, I take that back. They would say uh, that they're going to try to be kind. But in action, they were so repressive so mean and i would see other members you know going through uh, so many humiliations and so many bad things and in our minds it was okay because that was their job but then i encountered a different message that no the job of the superior isn't to be a jerk isn't to be a punisher. The job of the superior is to, you know, do do his uh, first, of course, you know, do your job, but you don't have to be harsh when you're doing it. And I'm going to end it there. I just wanted to share with you uh, these things that, yeah, they're going to try to gaslight you. They're going to try to make you feel and think that if you were abused, that you must have deserved it, that you must have been a bad person, and that the more you speak up, the more of a bad person you are. But that's not true. 
if you need to speak up or if you need to do counseling or to do healing, it's okay to process what happened. And it's okay to not let them take control of the narrative. If you know that you had been abused or if you perhaps have seen others abused and that also had a traumatic effect on you, it's okay to want to process it and to look for healing, to look for closure. And if you have seen superiors or cult leaders say, hey, it's my duty to be a mean person, to tear you down, to make you feel horrible, just remember that that's not goodness. Goodness doesn't tear people down. Goodness does not try to destroy someone just for small imperfections. Goodness tries to tries to it, it sounds like almost like so obvious, but you know, goodness, if you're wanting to do good, if you're saying you're gonna do good, then it has to be all around in your actions, uh, not only to benefactors, because oh my gosh. There to the benefactors, you know, they're kissing their ass. They're so nice. Oh, please, you know, give us some money. Oh, you know, we're struggling so much. Oh, we're going to pray for you. And then, like, during prayers behind closed doors, you know, they're slapping each other. Or, you know, they're hitting each other with whips. And I'm not, ma- I'm not making this stuff up. But, hey, I just wanted to uh, make you all aware. And please continue to pray for me. Uh, those who are listening, and if if you're a hater, I hope you open your open your mind, open your heart to the reality of what's happening in this group. And for those who don't pray, who aren't Catholic or Christian or whatever, you know, still you know, send me your good wishes, and um, I'll take that. So thank you very much for listening to this podcast, the truth that heals. I hope you all have a wonderful day. And God bless. Peace out. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.